Welcome to the Tideline Talks podcast, where we discuss all things related to sports medicine, health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that's easy to understand. It's hosted by yours truly, Dr. Michael Sclafani, founder of Tideline Sports Performance and Rehabilitation. All right, Tideline fam, welcome back to another episode of the Tideline Talks podcast with your co-host, myself, Brandon Christ. As a reminder, I'm the office manager and performance coach here at The Practice. On today's episode, we are interviewing Steve Coyne. He's a local strongman competitor, uh, puts on strongman events, uh, competes in strongman himself. Super excited to have him here. Welcome to the podcast, Steve. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and uh, give a brief history? Thank you. Uh, what's up, everybody? My name is Steve Coyne. I've been involved in strength sports for almost 15 years now. Recently has been a lot more strongman. I've done a lot of powerlifting. I'm all over the place as far as uh, jujitsu. I did sumo wrestling this year. I do the Highland Games. And it's all about being your strongest self for me. So whatever strikes and comes up, whether it's strongman carrying big rocks, deadlifting, benching, throwing heavy hard objects you know, over a high bar, any of that stuff is what I'm about. That's cool. So you, um, you're essentially just all for health, fitness, and personal development and improvement. Hundred percent. Yeah, in, living in a, to in the whole. absolute fullest and being strong is an essential part of that, in my opinion. I would definitely agree with the strength. What brought you into this world? So how did you get into what you got into? Um, I remember Steve came over about a week ago to get some treatment and uh, just kind of talk with us to get to know each other. And he had shared that he had spent time training in uh, Metroflex in Texas. That's where you started. Uh, so why don't you give us, you know, what got you into it? What brought you into Metroflex the first time? And, and how'd you get to where you are today? I started training for sports. It was uh, basketball, football, baseball. I did a mix of a lot of different things in high school. The coach that I started working with, his name is Josh Bryant. A lot of people know him as uh, Jailhouse Strong on Instagram. And he was a world champion, powerlifter, and strongman. And just with his workouts, all my lifts were going up. Originally, like I said, it was for sports. But I was like, man, lifting weights is pretty rad. And so I got into a couple powerlifting competitions. And after my first one, I was absolutely hooked. So I went all the way full-time into that stuff and you know, if you're not familiar with Metroflex, the environment is unbelievable. You have Ronnie Coleman, you know, the greatest bodybuilder of all time. My first week there, I saw him several times right at the tail end of his peak. So when you when you see things like that, I was 15 at the time. It's very impressionable. 300-pound, six-foot man. Oh, man, yeah, yeah, <laughs> with, you know, 24-inch biceps, not exaggerating. It's very impressionable. It's incredible. So anybody – everybody remembers when they're, like, in high school – like don't really know what's going on with themselves, trying to figure out, be cool, this and that. And that world was so awe-inspiring. You know, there were just random dudes that would get off their work shifts, like working for the railroad or, you know, the steel mill that would come in and deadlift 700. And, you know, they weren't doing it for show, for anything. They were doing it because they just wanted to. Just what they like to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, being around the authenticity of those types of people every single day. And again, it's a bunch of total, they're not nobody's, you know, but to the world they are. It's not like social media today where you can get all this clout and you know, post up your lifts, this and that. These guys were just lifers. And being around that got me absolutely hooked. 
That's really cool. So essentially yeah. it started out as, you know, you're in high school, you play team sports, working out as a part of that. I want to have a hobby. So why don't I continue to work out and get better? And then it transitioned into something else once you were in the environment for a little bit longer. And now it's just a passion. It's something that you do because it's a part of who you are. It's what you enjoy. And um, from what I can see too, from uh, yourself and also on Instagram is that you believe um, strength is one of the, I guess, would say pillar of being a human and being a man. Is that kind of where you're at? Like yeah. you had with things? Cause I've seen that a little bit from you over the last couple of weeks. 100%. I would add a little more background to myself is one of the things that inspired me was I was a really fat kid growing up. So when I got into this world of lifting, getting stronger, leaning out, adding muscle mass, you know, not only was that really cool to see, but I totally transformed from, you know, 15 to 18, being a super fat, overweight kid to being pretty lean, setting state records and really like loving who I was for the first time ever in my life. Mm-hmm. So I was fortunate with my good coaches and influences to be able to go from a very low negative place to a very high positive place. And I know that I had a lot of good influences that people don't have. So it's I really wanted to share that experience with other people because everybody has those down low negative moments and Maybe you don't have somebody to tell you like, hey, you know, if you if you can do these couple of things, you're going to start feeling better about yourself immediately. And lifting weights, getting stronger, all that stuff is such immediate feedback that that's something you can use to, you know, give the snowball effect where it slowly builds up, builds up, builds up. That has more immediate gains and returns for everything else in your life than many other avenues. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And just being the way that I am, that's why I like um, fitness and training so much because regardless of how I'm feeling personally during the day, I at least know I have a specific goal to reach today and I can look back on all my training logs. So today is my deadlift day, right? I don't feel the best in my head, but when I go to deadlift, I'm going to look at last week and I know I got to get five pounds more and just throw that on the bar and get work done. And then that's tangible proof that I've had a good day. And that I've become better than last week, regardless of how I've either felt over the last week or how I feel personally today. And that's exactly what you're talking about is with most people, uh, people who are normal, not specifically like me, but people who are just feeling bad and all of that, that one of the biggest ways that they can make a drastic improvement in their life and also to see those tangible results and build up self-esteem and confidence immediately is to physically train and to yep. get better in one way or the other with it. Now, do you have a preference for, um, just because I'm, you know, we're having a conversation, do you have preference for a style of training or do you kind of like all styles of training in themselves? I have a, like, what do you off, like every, personally? What I and like personally? what do you recommend to clients? So like yeah. for you personally, what do you like to do? And then if I were to come to you as a client and be like, I feel like shit, I need help. What would you, what would you recommend? I personally, let's start with my favorite. I love calisthenics, like very high rep, high volume uh, movement stuff. So, and this is something that laid the groundwork for the powerlifting and the strongman I've been doing is saying hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of push-ups, pull-ups, dips, squats, lunges, things like that. And I don't know why, but like stylistically, that's what David Goggin style. David Goggin style, I would honestly call it prison style. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's what really yeah. really what it is. is <laughs> and you know, there's something about that that has always made my body feel incredible, my joints 
All those connective tissues feel amazing. I Natural human totally, movement. Yeah, like totally injury free for all the you know jujitsu stuff like that. It, I see the biggest transference over to that versus straight barbell lifting. So I like a lot, primarily that calisthenics with a day or two of uh, weighted movements. So that's going to be strongman style where it's weighted like carries. Body. Yeah, yeah. So you know weighted sandbag carries like out front or farmers walks by your side or. If it's any sort of press, it's going to be something overhead like a log where you got to take that all the way ground up. So full body strengthening movements, but leaning back primarily on the movement stuff like body weight and also sleds. Love sled work. So that's, awesome. that's kind of my personal style. No, it makes sense. So more uh, just natural body movement and then your heavy strongman shit, picking things up, putting them down, pushing sleds, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's then cool. just it tapers – you know, for this, so like that is primarily even going into this was a powerlifting meet last week. Going into that, it just tapers in a specific direction for whatever the demands are. You know, so I'll just drop down the calisthenics work and ramp up just straight lifting. But even going into this, I was doing a lot of dips, a lot of push ups, a lot of pull ups. That is a bread and butter movement for me at all times. And that's going back to I've Zero injuries, zero pain, none of that stuff. And that's where I really credit a lot of that coming from is all those connective tissues feel so strong because my like body weight movement is so rock solid. You know, I've never really understood the people that, you know, are really good at like moving a heavy object, but completely suck at moving their own weight. Yeah. You know, you see it all the time. And that and a lot of people use the weight as a compensation for mobility. Meaning yes. that like for a squat, right? It's like you could have shitty hip mobility, but because you have 300 pounds, pounds on the bar, yeah, right. you're now going to be able to squat ass the grass. But if you do it body weight, you can't get down there because you're too tight. Yep. Yep. And that's why you see a lot of these big guys, they'll do the technique where they roll the deadlift in and then drop their hips down. And that's just basically giving yourself a seesaw. With the deadlift like a bar. pendulum. Yeah, they yeah. can't really, you know, because they can't hinge themselves down to the right position as is. So, you know, what's interesting is when you look at a lot of the people recently who have been really at the highest level of success, especially in strongman, all tremendous at moving their body weights. One of my favorite examples is Martins Lisi's can, at his current weight right now, do pistol squats. He could do muscle ups up to 330 pounds. You know, so all these guys these days, Alexei Novikov. Can't do pistol squats, you know, so it's crazy that a lot of people don't look at that and think like, wow, I should be doing more of that. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, you're actually kind of right, but that's also, there's a fine line between it because you can go too much in the functional and lighter weight arena, and then you can go too much in the let me lift as much as I can arena, and it's hard to find that good balance. And it's been a long time for myself to be able to find that balance because in the beginning, I went too far the other way where it was like, I'm lifting too much too fast and I'm getting hurt. So let me slow this down now and do nice and lightweight, slow and controlled. And then I'm doing it too much, slow and controlled. So I'm not getting results. Mm -hmm. And now finally, I found this happy medium where um, I do like a four, uh, eight day split uh, performed over two weeks. So it's uh, four powerlifting days and then four hypertrophy days. And it's been a completely perfect way for me to mix both. And what I'm noticing is a lot less pain during all my strength movements because we're using the uh, simple body weight movements like you're talking about. I have a lot of body weight primers and all that stuff. So um, definitely a lot of efficacy to what you're talking about. And um, I would definitely agree that like if you can 
be a 350 pound dude and deadlift 700 pounds, but do a single leg pistol squat, you're most likely not going to get injured because that means that you have really good body awareness. Your connective tissues are working properly. Your muscle tissue is working properly. You're able to load one joint in Mm -hmm. your leg with as much body weight as you have properly to the point where you can squat up and down. So when you do squat with a barbell or you're running with an Atlas stone, you, your knee has stability, right? So you're not going to pop an ACL because you're jogging with an Atlas stone and all of a sudden your knee blows out. Um, so that's cool, man. And, um, so, you know, you got into strongman, um, all that stuff, um, after you started lifting because you had high school sports and, and all that, what got you into Florida? So you were in Texas, like how, so you started lifting what, when you were 16, you said, was that right? I tell my 15th birthday as day one, 15? that's when I walked into Metroflex. I'm 30 now. 30? So, yeah, so almost, almost 16 years. 16 we're coming years. Up 31, about two months out. So, so we talked about the first, what, five? Um, so I was in Texas until who 2000, yeah, 2015, right? So that would have been, you know, when I was like 26 or so. And then I moved up to Chicago for five years. And I did still doing a lot of lifting there. A lot of powerlifting on and off. That's been on and off forever. You yeah, know, and I really got heavily into strongman up in that world. And that's why I started promoting competitions up there. And the big part of it was there was nobody running strongman competitions up there. You know, it's be the change you want to see in the world. Mm-hmm. There are no strongman competitions in Chicago. All right. Well, I guess it's got to be me. Right. So, you know, so that's that's how I got into that. That was 2019. Ran a couple shows and then 2020 COVID hits kind of destroyed, you know, my entire business. We talked about this last week. Yeah, totally. You know, we got to a point where you could have 10 people inside for any event period. So if I'm going to run a strongman competition, I need three judges. I need at minimum two volunteers, which is really too few. If we have one lifter at a time, we're up to six. If you have me announcing and running things at seven, scorekeeper eight, we're at eight people right away. So if you're telling me 10 people at a time indoors, that's a waste of time for everybody involved. And Came down to Florida, free state. I had my first show in March of 2021, and we had about 300 people there for that first one. So enough said. It was obviously the right move. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And, yeah, we de- we definitely did talk about this during uh, your first visit, but I always like to make sure that we rehash these things so that way everyone listening gets that same uh, background. And, yeah, no, it was crazy with COVID. You were in um, – Chicago during it. I was in Northern Virginia. I was managing a gym at the time. It was insane because they were like, you can reopen in May on my birthday, May 26th, but you have to be 10 feet apart. They have to work out in 10 foot boxes and you have to be outside. We had the same rules as well. We trained at a gym that was, it was in a basement and had been there 30, 40 years, probably closer to 40. And a lot of this equipment has not been moved in 20. Mm-hmm. Right. So they had somebody that these things, they were literally called the social distancing ambassadors, official city paid title. They came into the gym and they drew out lines and they say, you need to move your equipment oh this God. way. It didn't, it didn't end up happening, but, uh, they really tried to like come, you know, Clown as if you could just do that. Here, yeah. As if you could just do that. No problem. I'm not kidding you. These things had not been moved. These were dinosaur relic pieces of machinery and stuff like old seventies, eighties bodybuilding stuff that were heavy yeah no, i don't even want to know around. how they got that in there yeah. just to begin with so moving that moving everything around no thanks yeah it's just crazy 
And so now you make your way down over here, and obviously it's worked out for the better, right? We, we both did. I, uh, thousands of people, millions of people moved down here during um, COVID, which is cool. But you're here now, so you moved in 2020, March 2020, or... Uh, July of 2020 is when I made it okay, down I thought here. it was close to yep. mine because I yep. moved down here March of 21. So I'd remembered it was like right around there. Um, so you moved down here. You've been here for almost three years now. So how's that been? It. It's kick ass. I love it. I love this area. I love the state. A lot of good. Do people just care about their appearance and, and well-being so much more down here. Totally. And that really makes a pretty big difference in my everyday life. Not just the coaching and training we're both very heavily involved in the fitness world, but the average person you meet walking in the grocery store, just, just down on the mind. street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, it's a whole whole total vibe shift. People are friendlier. Like I said, care about their health, wellness, and appearance so much more. And just They nicer. also don't look at you weird when you're walking around with your guns out. You know? That's right. Yeah. I mean, either type, really. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. You wear a tank top, no one looks at you weird because everyone's wearing a tank top. Correct. You got Correct. your concealed carry. Everyone's like, that a boy. I kind of like the situation here where you can go to a really nice restaurant and you have everybody from somebody that looks like they just got out of the beach for eight hours versus somebody who's dressing up for their like fanciest night out of the year sitting right next yeah. to each other and like nobody gives a shit. And it's it can all be white real cool and so, yeah, 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 it's totally civil. And and we're other way around. You can go to you know, like the dumpiest bar in town, and you have the same type. You can have the beach bum, and you can also have the like gala gown, you know, couple, and it's all cool. Everybody just gets along and vibes here. It's it's unbelievable. It's amazing. It really is, and I'm. It's one of the things that I've done for myself that has helped me the absolute most, but has also honestly been like one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my entire life at the same time. But I mean, that's life, right? The biggest risks always end up having the biggest reward. So with that said, zero risk, have zero there been reward. any hard troubles that you had since moving that you wanted to share? Like anything that you had to overcome during your relocation here or just like within the first few years that you are proud of that, you know, other people could, I guess, empathize with? Sure. You know, Chicago, all that situation completely, totally, 100% wrecked my business, like all the way, totally shut down. I was in-person training on top of the events. So not many of my people went online with me. So when I moved down here, not really a lot of money. I started working at Home Depot, really rough, long, tough hours, very draining, very exhausting. And to be honest, I totally hated it, was awful. And we also moved down here with my girlfriend, Taylor. Neither of us had a car when we moved down here. We both had bikes. We lived in the city, never needed one. So we went from not really having a lot of money you know, both of us having to work really shit jobs. You know, we now have our own like nice vehicles. We both run our and operate our own businesses. And the turnaround for that was only really about a year and a half. You know, I went fully independent, full time working for myself again after it was about a year for me. Congratulations. And thank you. Yeah. It just, it, you know, so you but were it, at Home Depot for a year and a half? Yeah. That's yeah. Really I was cool. on the, this thing called the Met Team Merchandise Execution Team. So anytime you see like a display in store, if you go down there now and see their Christmas trees, I set up all of those one year, every single one. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the blowups and all that happy. stuff. Uh, and it was a five a.m. to two p.m. every day. Oh wow. Yeah, some some long tough hours. Uh, but anyways, long story short is, you know, it's okay to, you know, you, you just got to know when it's the right appropriate times to sacrifice and do some things that you really don't want to do if it's in pursuit of a greater good. And that was really hard for me. And it 
took a lot of swallowing my ego to like go back and work for somebody else. That's something I really fucking hated. That's something I just like couldn't stand. You know, I had a bunch of lazy bums that I was working with. Like, not all. So, anybody listening, I'm not talking about you, probably. Well, but it's maybe just the I mindset am. of all those people that drives me nuts. That's why I'm so happy to um, be here is because in this environment, everybody. everything. Yeah, it's like everything for me. And I have autism. So, being in this clinic is absolutely perfect. I'm around what I love, which is health and fitness, but it's also very low key and it's all like-minded people. I'm not going to Home Depot where, you know, Johnny is complaining to me about how he doesn't want to be here and his wife sucks and Jones in for a cigarette you know, break. He, all he wants to do is take a break. Yeah. Go drink some whiskey. And I'm just like, uh, are we putting up a tree or <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. You know, so right. You it's know, like really good job, dude. Cause like, not only did you have to swallow your pride and go work for somebody, but you had to work long hours and also for shit pay. Yeah. For shit pay. Like the whole situation is shit is what I was saying. It's not just the action of working at home Depot. It's literally every single second you're there and the environment and the people and everything that you had to do to get to where you are. Mm-hmm. So with all that said, it makes it feel a shitload better being here now. Doesn't it? Oh, if you yeah. never worked at Home oh, Depot and yeah. you just got here and had a car and a job, do you think you'd be the same person now? No way. No, it's made me so much more grateful for everything. Right. 100%. Yeah. You know, I, I get to set my own schedule. I get to do the things that I want to do. I get to surround myself with good people. It's like I, I, I really do have the freedom to make these choices that I want. You know, But it took a lot of doing what I didn't want to do to get there. And I recognize that and try to have – that perspective every single day about it you know I, I don't ever want to forget what i've been through and what i've you know what what i've gone through because when i think back and look at the times in my life that i thought were the lowest and worst moments in the moment it's all a lesson you always you don't know what's happening in the moment that was the trampoline yeah 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 you know I could go on and on and on about all this different stuff, but I mean it. Every time I thought this is the worst moment of my life, I look back and I say, wow, what would have happened if I didn't experience that? Yeah. No, you know, 100%. every time it's crazy. You know? And I like uh, giving me goosebumps. I like talking to people like you about this stuff because um, for me, just everything every day is very hard and not fun and I don't want to do it, but I do because it's what I got to do, right? Otherwise, I'd literally just either kill myself or sit in my house all day and be miserable. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is it's really nice to see somebody who's like you who purposely puts themselves through hard times because most people who are normal won't want to go through hard times and do things that they don't want to do because they know that the end goal is worth it. Whereas with you, you're a normal person who's put himself in those situations on purpose because you know the benefit of what's on the other side and you're sitting here today because of it. So that's really awesome. And that's why I wanted to touch a little bit more about your time at Home Depot and just kind of like what it means to you and how you are now versus if you had never worked there. So all that cool shit happened, right? You're um, over with Home Depot. You're starting your own um, strength training company, uh, your own event company. You got the world's strongest manatee. And then this weekend you pulled 700 pounds for the first time. So why don't you tell us a little bit about um, the competition that you were able to complete this weekend? Yes. So there's a traditional, I think this was the, it was the 30th year anniversary of this meet at Metroflex Arlington. It's the Metroflex Raw Power and Wild Game Feast. Now, the owner of Metroflex, Brian Dobson, 
uh, is huge hunter to the point where you can hire him to come out onto your land and set traps or really do anything you want all the way up to riding in the helicopter with I the infrared go, lens I, I want to go with him to kill the hawks yeah 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 <laughs> and he does it hardcore they do they do dogs and knives That'd you know because a lot of those boars you, if you shoot them that just like get stuck in their hide yeah. so they do it where the dogs you know back them into a corner then he slit no, one of my friends on a hunting trip almost got killed by a boar and well, he shot it like six times with a handgun and it didn't die because the bullets just fucking right. bounced and he's right. like i didn't have my shotgun with me he was just trying to take a shit in the woods with his handgun and a boar attacked it can him, happen that quick and he literally couldn't kill it with a handgun <sighs> yeah you yeah. imagine that like and it ran away because it got scared after seven rounds that's not a rare story either, <laughs> which is what's crazy. crazy i'm never going camping <laughs> well just find the right places and stay strapped but right you know so there's there's always it's really you know in his words whatever the lord blesses us with is the feast yeah so this year there was uh there's venison burgers elk chili and there was some boar meat that was the main main courses you know but there's been oh, there was uh, bear meat one year that we had. They had somewhere in New Mexico they went out hunting bear. But anyways, it's a huge push pole deadlift bench meat. Always unbelievable energy in this place. I mean, this is <laughs> you, it's in the same way that people go to religious temples. This is a religious temple for many others. Oh yeah. You know the everybody that's ever lifted weights has seen the video of Ronnie Coleman deadlifting eight hundred solid ass pounds, two riffs. Damn Five man. weeks out for the Mr. Olympia. Everybody has seen that, you know, and, and there's moments like that where that happened in there among many other things. And it just creates a special energy by being there. But everybody's there for the common cause of we're here to give it our all. Yeah. Hype, intensity, everybody's screaming, yelling, wanting you to do your best. And it just builds this environment that's unlike any other. Plus, you have that smell of all that game being cooked outside. Uh, it is... Uh, it's unlike anything else. So this was the 30th year anniversary of that. I lifted in this probably five or six times when I first started getting into powerlifting meets. I have not done it since, I believe, 2013. And I came back and set some really, really gigantic PRs. Almost a decade. <laughs> yeah, almost a decade. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while. It set some huge, monstrous PRs. Uh, and was with a lot of my very, very close friends that I grew up with. You know, that's that's the most amazing part of it, guys, I haven't seen in, in years and years. But it's the same type where doesn't matter how long it's been, like you pick right back up the second you see them. So it was, it was awesome. great. Great big bench. I went in and hit a 365 bench, which for me is pretty big because I did that as a conservative attempt to save energy for deadlifts. Ended up being the correct call. Did end with a 700 deadlift. I went in planning to hit 660, which is... Not exactly, but 300 kilos. That's always been a big lifetime goal for me on deadlift. So that's been my focus this whole time. The last couple of weeks of training went really well. I started thinking like, oh man, maybe I have 675 in the tank. I think, I think I'm going to hit 675. That's seven plates. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, after my first attempt, which was 620, my old coach who I mentioned earlier, Josh Bryant, he says, hey, if the energy's there, you got 700. So, uh, okay. I guess so, but okay. I said one one thing at a time. Let's go attempt two first. Let's go six sixty for that second attempt first, and then uh, six sixty, nailed it. And he he looked at me and he's like, "Go for it." You gotta go seven hundred. And I was like, "Ah, I'm gonna think about it for a second. I put in six seventy five for attempt three. I went and sat for a minute, and I was like, "Hey, man, what's what's forty more pounds? I got it. If there's ever in a time and a place, like it's I said, right the energy, yeah. the people." Like my training was going so well, yet all my 
old coach who I trust with my absolute life said, go for it. There is no other time or place when it was going to happen. It had to happen. Had to be. You know, plus, best part of it, too, I guess, maybe. So many good things going into this. Um, I fucked up my dates for some reason. I put this as a week earlier in my calendar. So I thought that I was going to be doing it on December 2nd. It ended up being the 9th. Uh, I found that out about mm, six days before I was supposed to fly out for Texas. Yeah, so, you know, I... Is what it is. You can chalk that up at, well... It, let's say it in an exciting way. It is what it fucking is because that ended up giving me an extra week to hit a big PR, hit a really hard session uh, all week long, a really hard training week. And I think that is – I don't think I was hitting 700 without that. So, hey, nice that I fucked up and was able to correct course and get onto it. That's usually how those things happen anyways, right? You got yeah. some bump in the road that you overcome and then perform much better. We were just talking about that. <laughs> yeah. It's like the yeah. universe, and I genuinely believe this, is like – as long as you're doing the right things for the right reasons, the universe conspires to help you, mm-hmm. um, which is what happened with you. It's like you're training for the right reasons at the right time. You've been through a lot of hardship. Well, you accidentally underplanned, and now that allowed you to hit some big milestone goals that you never thought you could hit. Classic. And it ended up working out all the best, too, because now we're on this podcast episode, and we're talking about it as it's fresh, yep. whereas if it were two weeks ago... Might not have been of an exciting podcast for you because yeah, six sixty was pretty cool, but like yeah. no seven hundred. I mean, I I feel <laughs> I feel big league about that, man. That's uh, right. I'm I'm sh- I'm shook. I really am still kind it of in disbelief that it too. happened. How did it feel? What was your like? What were your thoughts when you were about to pull it, and then on the way up? It's like when you were done, I, you were standing there like it looked like you were waiting to see what the judges thought. Yeah, I and then was. When they were like, "You got it," you were like, "Fuck yes!" But I like, couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I, I really like. I, it was really so shocking. That's why I was standing there and I was like looking at them like thumbs up. I was really kind of like, "Did I just fucking do that? Did I just do that?" Uh, because again, that was not on my radar until about ten minutes before that. Right. I was thinking. It's just not what I was thinking. So I was really kind of shook. I mean, I, I got up. Who man, I was I was really thinking, did I do it? I don't know. It was close, maybe. I don't know. Like, I got it really, really close if I didn't do it. But they all gave me the thumbs up, so let's go. Yeah, it was just in disbelief. Disbelief because it moved really well. I had to fight for it. Yeah, there was a fight in the middle. But, but yeah. off the ground in the lockout looked pretty pretty simple. Well, simple, you know what I mean. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's just one of those moments where as it's going on, it felt like that took about 30 seconds to do, but actually moved pretty quick <laughs> when you look and play it back. You never really know when you're in that zone. Oh, 100%. You know, time's, you know, time's not really real anyways, but especially when you're lifting a heavy max effort attempt. Oh, 100%. It felt like 20 seconds or whatever it was. I look back like, all oh, right, that thing moved quick. Let's go. I haven't lifted like that before, but I was a pitcher for baseball. And uh, I'd be on the mound and have a line drive hit back at me. And I'll, oh, yeah, I'll catch everything it. slows down for a second. But it feels like I caught it within like one minute. Mm-hmm. And everybody on the team's like, holy shit, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, uh, I'll go. Yeah, I guess. Like, I don't know. Um, that's awesome, man. So um, what was your biggest takeaway from the weekend? Obviously, you hit your numbers, right? But if you can look back and say that you learned something or you were just happy about one overall theme from the weekend, what, what is it? I'm happy about my about my preparation the most absolutely the whole the whole way through I'm talking the this was I did a 6 month training program with this on target I did not miss a single lift the entire time I did not and not even 
not even close. I hit everything in my path because I planned it out slow and steady. I didn't make any ridiculous attempts or jumps during training. My food was really good. And then like leading into the like, you know, not just the months before, the weeks and the days before. This was a nighttime meet. I usually lift in the mornings. So just having the the wherewithal of how I needed to like plan my food, plan my mental energy and focus, like how to handle myself going into it. I think I did a really, really good job. And that's, that's credit to honestly competing so much over this year, over the years is knowing how to manage that because even warming up in the back, I saw this, I thought everybody was, you were self-coached, right? Yeah. Going into this, you know, I just want to clarify. Um, so you self-coached yourself for the six months, essentially leading up to it. That's Mm -hmm. what you're, one of the things you're most proud of is just the ability to have set up that time timeline to come up with the program, to execute the program perfectly and then to watch it culminate into a 700 pound deadlift. Um, so stoked. Yeah. Just there's, I cannot, I cannot look in the rear view mirror and say, I could have done that better. There's not a single thing, you know, because they're literal best so possible So how hard outcome. is that to do when you coach yourself, right? Because you're coaching yourself. So at least the way my brain works, I my problem is that I constantly second guess everything. And yeah. that's not an anxiety or confidence issue. That's just like, that's just who I am. Well, we go back to what we talked about earlier. You talked about your logs. You can go back and look at your history of how you have done as a confidence booster, I have competed yeah, exactly. so many times and I've been in these scenarios so many times that, you know, it is, it's so you just much know more what comfortable. It feels like yeah. and where you're at. So the comfort is there. I trust what's happening because I had some huge lifetime PRs and training, you know, and I've been doing a lot of visualization about that moment because I was, I was there so many times before the meet, you know, even to the point of, of, in my head, I can hear specific people yelling specific things at me. That was like, it just felt like it was happening for the hundredth time when it was like time to lift. So that's really cool. It, you know, it, it, it is difficult, but I have done it a lot. So it feels almost second nature at this point because it's so practiced. You know, it's like, look at anybody that's an athlete or like, I, for some reason, I'm thinking like a magician or a street performer. You're looking at them like, how in the world do you do that while you're talking yeah, like and making jokes and like this and that? It's just shit, yeah. routine, practice, 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 practice. So that that's really where I credit a lot of that. I actually did a thing this year where I was in I was in ten different athletic competitions this year. This was the final, the penultimate one to cap that off. You did ten. You got to list off the other nine after. I will. Yeah, sure. So that was the that was the penultimate one, and. Just going back to all those moments where I had little nerves here or there, you know, when you've done it so many times, it's just here I am again. Let's go. That's what you're doing. Yeah. 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 And that's kind of what I was saying a little bit about how I do my bodybuilding, how it's like, you know, I need it. I need it for who I am. And, you know, it's just at the point now where it's like, this is who I am. This is what I do. Right. Like I mm-hmm. fucking wake up. I go to work. I go train. I go home. I eat. I go to sleep. You know, yep. Um, so that's really cool. So you said you did ten competitions this year alone. Yeah, so that's let's twenty two. So let's just talk about the other nine. Let's name them off. So yeah. uh, January Jiu Jitsu tournament at North River Jiu Jitsu, and that's getting back to nerves and stuff. I competed in a blue belt tournament as a white belt. Totally got my ass kicked. I did. I did I all right nervous, for yeah. me, but uh, got my ass kicked. It's a little scary knowing you're going against better competition, but that's why you do those competitions is so you. 
you over time stop thinking about that and you zone into the right things. You know, uh, uh, January Jiu Jitsu, February, Orlando Strongman won that one at the 181 weight class. Had a pretty dominating performance at that one, to be honest. That was great. Uh, March, I did the uh, CrossFit Open, right? Just CrossFit. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We did, we did the whole thing. Um, April, did my first Highland Games in Dunedin. Did pretty well at that. Um, May, I did a – so I did the Murph, but I did it as like part of a competition. Okay. Right? Awesome. Great time. Um, June, took off. That was, you know, one I took off there. July – Highland Games again. Got second place at that one. Second Highland Games. Got second place in the lightweight division. Um, August. Let's think about this one for a second. August might have been one that was off. Yeah, correct. August was off because September was uh, Ocala Super Total Strongman in Ocala. That was a great event. I won that one. Um, I did the Highland Games again in November. Oh, how could I forget? August I did a sumo wrestling tournament. Oh, no that was way. one of the best ones of the year. So revisiting. Um, I'll recap this all because I'm kind of rambling here. So August sumo, September strongman. Um, October was off, yes, because November was Highland Games round three. Did not place or anything, but I was in the open heavyweight division, and I PR'd everything all day long. Which And was obviously December's Metroflex. December's Metroflex. So one more time, top to bottom, that was uh, jiu-jitsu, strongman, CrossFit, Highland Games, Murph, Highland Games Round 2, Sumo Wrestling. <laughs> Which is so uh, wild. <laughs> yeah, Strong, strong Man 2. Um, you got Highland Games Round 3 and Powerlifting. So that was, that was 10. I originally set out the goal to do 12 over 12 months. I did 10. I'm really pleased. I, it was a very high goal, and I'm not upset at all that I didn't do 12. 10 so this year, awesome. were you just thinking, how strong can I be? Part of and my, how hard can I push myself? Well, like, with all those different things, this was about sort of validating what is my own personal style of training, you know? So it's, it's all well and good if you are total beast mode in the gym, but if you're not out there testing it in a real live setting, then what the fuck's it matter? Yeah. In a real world capacity. Yeah. Yeah. So looking back at this, I'd say, Hey, mission accomplished. You know, not only did I compete in all these different things that require a whole kind of bunch of different skill sets, but I really do feel like I excelled at all of them. And because I am self coached, I've done a lot of things that are, experimental, little different, unusual compared to how a lot of other people train and look at the results. You got got nothing else to say other than that right now. Can you share you two know? real quick? Results? Uh well, two unconventional things. Sure. All right, so that one won't give away like a secret. Like it's, just, not, it's yeah. not a secret at all. I so the one move that was really incredible is well, I went back to the calisthenics. I started doing a lot of extremely heavy calisthenics and one of them was very unusual so like bulgarian split squats right which that's borderline calisthenics stuff but i started doing that with a safety squat bar with my hands on the rack like a half field squat so i i think i worked up all the way to um i think it was like 355 for three on each leg with a like single leg bulgarian split squat and that's something where you have to have to do that correctly and properly you have to have mobility. You have to have all that stability, and you just have to have absolutely brutal strength on that. Okay, I love that you're saying that because that's actually uh, what my coach has put in my program, and is an exercise that's made the biggest difference. But I've hated the absolute fucking most. It's he makes me do a five game by five changer. Yeah, game changer. Game the first changer. The first time I did it, I was felt like a duck. 
like first time I was walking, like I just couldn't even stabilize, but yeah. I've been doing it for eight weeks now. Um, and I'm up to 200 for five by five on each leg. Mm. So it's like, I started at 135, and that was like ugly. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool, man. So the split squat, split squats, a big one. And then unconventional for strength training is I really, really do feel this way. This like Deadlift, weighted, right? Uh, yeah, not, I mean, Oh no, you said unconventional, unconventional. Yeah. Yeah. Conventional. No, you're good. But unconventional for what I do is all the, is all the weighted, just back to the same thing. Weighted calisthenics. I mean, I would do like 45 minute rounds of pull-ups, push-ups, dips, chin-ups, rope climbs, uh, neck extensions, things like that with, I think I have a, yeah, I got up to 40 pounds in my, you know, rug vest with that. And that's just something that most people don't do. So even though that is something that's out there in the world, not applied yeah. to strength training. No, that makes sense. I dig that. But it's actually pretty smart and something that I might try to work into because I'm thinking like, what's the use of being able to move your body if you can't carry extra weight? Because right. in a threat situation or just in general, we're, we're going to need to carry things with us, right? Like we don't just go walking and moving by ourselves. And I think that the society we live in today is so safe and secure that that's something that's often overlooked. Um, and as bad as it is to say, that's a large determining factor on how I view someone as a person is if they're physically fit or not. And it really has nothing to do with um, what they look like and just more of the person and attitude that that perpetuates, right? Because yep. most people who are it's unhealthy, they don't even know that they're unhealthy. And they're in this world where they don't even understand that if there was a threat, they're fucked. Like they can't yep. run. They can't do anything. Like they're going to be gassed within 30 seconds of any type of a threat that were to happen. Right. So just, yes, your calisthenics with weights, they help you with strong man. But also it's just in my mind, the way that I'm looking at it, it's more of just like a functioning human being thing. Like yep. you should be able to move your body with at least 40 pounds of extra body weight. Cause that's a backpacking gear. Right. Right. I mean, that's rucking. If you're to do that with just walking, that's a pretty good workout. Yeah, that's when you said ruck, that's what, that's yeah, exactly what yeah. got me thinking about that. I'm like, yeah. man, like I, I honestly, I don't ever walk with extra weight. It's mm -hmm. just my body weight. I'm like, shit, maybe that's definitely something that I need to do just to get used to it. Um, so that's cool, man. So those are two things that really changed it up for you. And then um, we're going into um, another competition, one that you actually um, oversee, right? And one that you uh, put together for this area. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what's happening in the future? Absolutely. The, the hallmark, the big event that I run is World's Strongest Manatee. This will be the third year, 2023, that it's going on. It is about 12 weeks out from this recording right now. It'll be at the Manatee County Fairgrounds. And this year is going to be part of the Manatee Strength Expo. So we're going to have all sorts of fun things going on around it, such as Brandon Hardy and Barbell Vice are running the Vice Powerlifting Meet 2. Uh, we're going to have a jiu-jitsu tournament, a CrossFit competition. We're going to have some pro wrestling out there. I'm hoping to get sumo wrestling out. We'll see. Um, <laughs> also, some Steel Rain Academy, which is uh, medieval times martial arts. So full garb head to toe, full Iron steel gear, big broadswords, like the whole thing. So we're going to have a big old time. It's kind of like a grown man, uh, well, grown person fitness carnival. I do. You know? I will overcome my social anxiety to go to that. It's that gonna sounds be like incredible. a lot of fun. Honestly, it'll yeah. be for you, the sumo wrestlers, and the medieval people. It's incredible. It'll be a lot of fun to watch. That stuff is so much fun. 
So what made you put together this big event this year? Because last year and the year before, it was just the strongest manatee, right? Or so me and Brandon been growing it? Me and uh, it has been growing. Uh, March 2021, World Strongest Manatee Round 1 did that by itself. Last year, teamed up with Brandon Hardy, and we did powerlifting and strongman together, same day, same venue. Okay. And we absolutely maxed out space. We ran it out of uh, CrossFit Havoc. Completely yeah, maxed out saying. space. I Completely. went up to train at Vice a while ago, mm. and that's yeah, that's so. And he had mentioned you, so I'm just putting this together now in my yeah. head, remembering that I had talked to Brandon about this. No, that's cool. And so then now you guys are transitioning to where it's uh, just like a really fully comprehensive uh, competition yeah. for a strong man, just like honestly local health and fitness. Yes, and also one of the things here too is <laughs> we're trying to make this a little bigger so we get now into that crossover to some of the like gen pop general population so we'll also have things like food trucks lots of vendors all things like that out there and one of our missions with this and this is a big reason why i run strongman events is you know these these things give people a platform to rise above and be better and have a deadline to train for something again be better than who they were but it also inspires people that come and watch right so that's what we're really hoping to pull off with this is make this really a big awesome attractive event so that we can get people out there to see even if it's just a little flash of a moment wow remember this person did that thing that was incredible i want to try to do whatever so you know that's really where all this comes back to and one of the reasons yeah you know so much negative shit out in the world is that we we have the opportunity to do better for the people that are already in our community make them greater than who they are already and then also like ignite that passion in other people. Even if nobody wants to ever powerlift or strongman, it's still like, oh man, that was badass. I want to go do X, Y, Z. Like, you know, I've been thinking about doing this. I think now it's time. You know, I had uh, one of my clients, she's in her late 60s, was in the strongman competition last year. And she was really setting a good example for a lot of people on the sidelines saying like, wow, she did amazing. Why am I not doing it more? Yeah, no, I love what you know? you're doing and what you're saying, like, because that's, um, that's, um, I'm just having a hard time coming up with words. So that's why I got into health and fitness. Obviously, it's like my thing. Um, and it was the only thing that I was capable of being able to learn how to be in an environment professionally mm-hmm. and be successful at. So the reason that I was able to do all that is because I was motivated to help people like me because I went into um, Gold's Gym my first time working out and was next to this big African-American dude, had to have been like 300 pounds, strong as fuck. And I'm using 20-pound dumbbell bench and I'm just feeling like shit. And I look over at him and he's got hundreds just bumping them out slams them on the ground and i look over at him and he looks over at me and he's like you knew like yeah he goes give it some time you don't have to be like me just keep pushing and then that motivated me and i'm like shit there's this real big dude who like i was fat and out of shape i went into the gym and he's like good job dude and so that's basically who i wanted to be for other people is like i went in to change because i wasn't feeling good 
So if we can help other people change who aren't feeling good or even make them, like what you're saying, come to the realization that they can change. Hey, I can do this too. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. what that's all about. That's why it's cool that you're hitting it from that angle is like, let me put on this event and attract as many people as I can so they can open their mind to the possibility of what is possible. Yes. You know, and, and personally, this is another reason why I compete so much. Wow, man. I can – I really – going back to it, can't believe I hit that seven deadlift – there's no way I would have applied myself and brought out that inner fire in me, fire in me without that environment, those people around there, without that opportunity. So, like, let me give you the opportunity to be your best, you know. And then that, <laughs> that's not where it ends either. 100%. That that just that's just, I'm going to give you the opportunity to, you know, Kool Aid Man run through this wall and get to the other side. Yeah. You know? So that's it's incredible. But that's why I coach. That's why I train. It's really you know where I'm at. As a person, I've been so lucky and fortunate to have a lot of good moments and influences and factors in my life. So if I can even be a tenth of that for somebody else, great. Yeah, 100%. I really love that, man. I feel like this is a good place to kind of wrap up our episode. We kind of went full circle. We talked about the <laughs> Dude, current, okay, yeah, right current back around. Yeah, oh yeah. We talk about our why. Um, what I always like to ask every guest um, before we wrap up is, is there anything that you want to leave us with? A nerd nugget, something that has helped you in your life, a phrase, a saying, a motto, a story you want to tell. Literally any anything that you can leave us and you know our viewers and listeners with. I have, I have many, but I will – I think I will leave with one. Uh, Bill Kazmaier. Legendary strong man, one of the greatest of all time. One of his big sayings is, it's only heavy if you think it is. It's all in your head. It all starts in the mind. You know, when, when we're looking to get into these, these huge moments and just be better than ourselves and be better than who we were yesterday, it all starts in your head. It's only heavy if you think it is. And then let's roll that with one more. Conceive, believe, achieve. You got to believe in yourself to make it happen. And there are people out there who will help you if you need any part of any step of that way, you go into any of these gyms, you know, whether it's your guy working out next to you, any of the gyms I'm at, you are part of the team. If you're in there working hard, even if you don't really know what you're doing, if you're ready to apply yourself and work hard, you know, when, when the student is ready, the master will appear. So it's apply yourself, believe you're going to do it and you will do it. I really like that. Thank you for sharing. And real quick, where can people find you? So if they want to look up Street Steve Coin and get to know you a little bit more, where can they find you? You can find me on my personal Instagram. It's at Stephen M. Coin. S-T-E-V-E-N-M-C-O-Y-N-E. And for all strongman competitions in Southwest Florida, you can check out at World's Strongest Manatee on Instagram. World's Strongest Manatee. That's awesome, man. I'll link all of this in the description of the episode as well. So that way you guys can go ahead and give it a click. Um, I think we're going to have Steve back on on an episode part two where we're going to eat some raw meat and organs. So that Let's might go. be some fun. Um, other than that, though, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. And we look forward to having you back on another episode. Hey, real quick, before you go, I just wanted to say thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your story on Instagram by tagging at Tideline Sports Performance so we can repost it. 
And to stay up on all the latest from us, make sure you follow at Tideline Sports Performance on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. All right, guys, catch you next episode.